Hey there, future friends. We have another big movie coming out this week, and this one is bigger than the last. You know what? I'm not even going to play coy. Justice League. That's probably going to be my pick. Why do I say probably? Well, because I've started watching the trailers as I record. So there are a couple movies on this list that I'm not familiar with. And yeah, there is the minute chance that they could be amazing and then blow me away. And then guess what? My pick is not Justice League, but it's going to be Justice League. We, we all know that. You you guys know me too well. I like to think I, I like to think last week was a little more surprising with three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri getting the pick over Murder on the Orient Express. But since you already know my pick, what else do we have? Well, as always, we have news, we have some new trailers, and we have six other movies besides Justice League that are coming out, and some of them look good. We also have the question of the week, which we actually got answers to this week, and some people even answered old questions, so thank you for that. So this is the week of November 17th, 2017, and you're listening to episode 67 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Alright everyone, welcome to the show. So last week I was a little better with the episode. I got it out a little earlier than the two really late ones I did. And I'm sorry, I know I said I was going to try to not let NaNoWriMo get in the way of the show, but it really is. I'm really excited about the story I'm writing. Maybe I can actually finish something that's not a short story. Who knows? I can always dream, can't I? I could dream. I could also dream that Scarlett Johansson will one day do a movie again that will remind us that she is a good actress. But until then, I'll keep writing and she will continue playing herself in each and every role. Well, if you are new, welcome to the show. This is Future Flicks and I am your host, Billiam. And if you are not new, welcome back and thank you again for listening. Thank you again for tuning in. I would just like to say that in two weeks, I will be missing an episode. I will be missing an episode the week of December 1st because I will be in Louisiana. That's right. I am taking a trip there, a short trip to record with all of the other podcasts I always talk about. I will be on Somewhat Nerdy Radio, Nerds of the Squared Circle, and the Watch Your Mouth podcast. The Watch Your Mouth guys always said I've had an open invitation and, you know, we have this wonderful bromance going on. But we'll see when I get there. You know, like I show up and they're like, oh shit, we didn't actually think you'd come. Uh, no, this is awkward. We don't actually like you that much. Get out. No, I'm kidding. That's not going to happen. We already discussed it. But yeah, so good news is, is that that's also a really crappy week for movies. So next week, I will also tell you what movies are coming out the week after. And I'll tell you my pick, but I just won't go into detail like I normally do. But I got sidetracked. What do I normally do at this time? I normally tell you a little bit about the show and I go over some opening housekeeping. So if you are new, welcome. My name is Billiam. I am from SomewhatNerdy.com and I do this podcast, this one right here, called Future Flicks with Billiam. On this show, I go over every movie that's being released during the week. I give you its synopsis, who's in it, and I give you my thoughts on it. I will also give it a score, which I call the Billiam's Interest Level Score, or the Bill Score. That goes from 0 for the really bad movies to 11 for those that turn it up that extra notch. 
I also have news and trailers and a question of the week that I ask each and every week until I can't think of any more. And then I'll, then I'll just straight up stop it. No, no fanfare at all. Just nope. No more question of the week. I've run out of ideas. But for now, we have a question of the week, but we'll get to that later. So let's get that housekeeping part out of the way. You can find me on iTunes. SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast listening app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That's somewhatnerdy.com. How do you reach me? That's a great question. You can reach me on Twitter at BilliamSWN, Instagram at BilliamSWN, and email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. And with that, it is time to jump into our first segment, which, as always, is the news. Collider is reporting that the Halloween reboot timeline has now been confirmed by Danny McBride, one of the writers. That's right, the guy from Pineapple Express and Eastbound and Down is one of the writers on the Halloween reboot. He says that they were asked to do the movie and they would only do it if John Carpenter was on board, to which the other creators agreed with. They talked to John Carpenter about their idea. He loved it, so Danny McBride and his writing partner jumped on board. They also sent the script to Jamie Lee Curtis and they had no hopes of her actually jumping on board. They just thought, hey, it's worth a shot, but she actually agreed. She read the script, liked it, and is now one of the actors in the movie, which apparently surprised them a lot. Danny McBride confirmed that every Halloween movie except for the first one will no longer be canon. He also said that even though he's known for his comedy, this will be a serious horror. If you haven't heard, Super Mario Brothers are getting another movie. But this time it's not starring Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo and James Caan. This time it's going to be an animated movie by Illumination. That's a studio that brought us Despicable Me. In what the f*** news, IndieWire is reporting that Jordan Peele's Get Out is competing at the Golden Globes as a comedy. All this because the powers behind these bullshit awards shows can't figure out what to do with a genre movie. These imaginationless bastards are just calling this suspense thriller a comedy because they don't know where else to put it. According to Collider, the It Blu-ray will contain 11 extended and deleted scenes, so yay, more It. And finally in the news, director Sam Mendes has stepped away from Disney's live-action Pinocchio. He had already walked away from a live-action James and the Giant Peach in favor of Pinocchio, but now he's leaving this project as well. There are rumblings that he's looking to direct Bond 25 and complete his trilogy, but there's nothing official to back that up. Well, that's it for the news. Did I miss anything? If I did, and you want me to talk about it, always hit me up on Twitter, SoundCloud, Facebook, any of the ways I'll, I mentioned before and I'll mention later. But without further ado, let's step into the trailer trove. Avast, and welcome to the trailer trove. The Greatest Showman had a second trailer, and if you missed the first one, this one looks like Moulin Rouge met the circus which is pretty good. They're obviously sugarcoating the whole thing, but this movie isn't claiming to be accurate. I doubt P.T. Barnum was really this altruistic and they're probably going to glaze over the mistreatment of animals. Either that or I'm completely wrong or th and the man was a saint and it all went to hell after he left. But either way, this isn't going to be a great biopic. This is just going to be a good musical drama. If you want to watch a fun musical, then this movie will come out on December 20th and it's starring Hugh Jackman, Zac Efron, Zendaya, and Michelle Williams. We also saw a trailer for Hostels, starring Christian Bale, Wes Studi, Rosamund Pike, Adam Beach, Ben Foster, Stephen Lang, and Jesse Plemons. 
This is probably going to make my blood boil, though, as any movie about slavery, concentration camps, or the treatment of Native Americans just pisses me off to high hell. It enrages me that people can have been, at any point in history, so monstrous. This particular movie is about Christian Bale. He is a soldier, and he's been tasked with getting a Indian chief, or a Native American chief, for being politically correct, but guess what? They weren't politically correct back then! Getting this Native American chief back to his tribe safely. And guess what? Christian Bale's character hates Native Americans. So it's just going to be a great fun trip. It's going to be fun for all. Look for this movie to get a limited release on December 22nd. The Shape of Water had its final trailer, and this one shows way, way more. So if you want to avoid spoilers, then don't watch it. This trailer was basically a montage for what I'm assuming is the first three quarters of the movie. I mean, there's nothing that I would call a huge spoiler in this trailer, but it did really show me where the story was going to go. And up until now... I knew what the basics were, but I didn't know this is the direction it was going. And I think that's really sloppy. Obviously, Trailer Guy was not behind this one. Obviously, it is Trailer Guy's evil brother, Trailer Douche. Well, let me just say that this still looks good. It still looks really good. If you've been living under a rock, then you may not know that this movie was written and directed by Guillermo del Toro about a mute woman who works as a maid at a secret facility where they're keeping an aquatic humanoid creature, kind of like Creature from the Black Lagoon, but not exactly like it. So it's about her meeting this aquatic creature and the bond they share. This stars Sally Hawkins, Michael Shannon, Octavia Spencer, David Hewlett, and Richard Jenkins. And finally, we have a trailer for Game Night. This is a movie starring Rachel McAdams, Jason Bateman, Jesse Plemons, Kyle Chandler, and Billy Magnuson. These couples have a game night every week, and Brooks, played by Kyle Chandler, decides to change it up. He's going to have a fake kidnapping, and the group has to figure out who did it. The problem is, Brooks really does get kidnapped, and the group thinks it's all part of the game. This is set to come out March 2nd, 2018. Well, that is it for the trailers. And just like I say every week, and just like I said about the news, if I missed anything, anything you think I should have talked about, let me know and I'll get to it in the next episode. But that is it for the first part of the show. We got through it quicker than we normally did. There wasn't a lot that caught my eye. So let's go into our first word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. And when we get back, it's movie time. Imagine yourself on a journey with the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast, the bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Alright, welcome back to the show. I took more than a normal break in this time. A day has passed, and I want you to know that in that day, a new and very important trailer has dropped. Though it's not a true trailer, it's kind of a teaser. The teaser for Deadpool 2 has come out, and it is amazing. The teaser just hints that Deadpool 2 will be just like Deadpool 1, and that's exactly what we want. If you haven't seen the new teaser trailer, check it out. It's amazing. Well, let's jump into the movies. The first movie this week is a movie called The Breadwinner. 
A young Afghani girl needs to provide for her family after her father is taken away to prison, so she pretends to be a young boy and then decides she wants to go find her father. This is a foreign film, obviously, but not from the country you would think. This is from a joint effort between Ireland, Canada, and Luxembourg. Because when I think of Afghani movies, I think of Luxembourg, don't you? This is based off a book from 2000 by author Deborah Ellis, who writes children's books about the Middle East. Because why not? That's an interesting niche to cut out for yourself. I don't see anyone else doing it. So there you go. She has found her thing. And it looks like it works for her. This has very high ratings on Goodreads, on Amazon, and I haven't looked anywhere else because I don't care that much. But lots of people are praising this as a movie that should that should be watched by everyone in America to open their eyes in regards to the Middle East and to learn that not everyone there are terrorists. And to that, I say, well, duh. The only people who would think that are pants on head retarded. Those are probably the people that think like that. And those are also the people who would never watch a movie like this. But that's just my personal belief about that. That actually says nothing about the movie because this looks like a good movie. This is the same studio that brought us Heart of the Sea, if you saw that one. This was done by Cartoon Saloon, an Irish company. And even though I just made a... A couple jokes about it. I do think this is a story that deserves to be told. I think it takes an unfortunately real situation, though this is a work of fiction, an unfortunately real type situation, and makes it so it's a little more accessible to children. It adds a bit of fantastical realism to it, at the same time being a very true-to-life representation, at least to us, of what goes on in the Middle East. Mind you, please keep in mind that I say Middle East just because that's the word that comes to my mouth first. Not all countries in the Middle East are the same. Sure, there, there may be a lot of similarities in style, in architecture, in a lot of things, but they're not all the same. So if you see this movie, so if you tell someone about this movie, just keep in mind that it, this is about Afghanistan. A country that here in America, we're used to hearing about only when something really shitty happens. We bombed some terrorists. Something blew up. Something awful happened. That's when we hear about Afghanistan. We don't hear about when good things happen. And we also don't hear about the everyday bad things. We are not reminded that life is hard for people there, especially if you're a woman. But this brings us to the fact that this movie isn't going to be for everyone. While the trailer didn't make this movie look overly preachy, this is going to have a very definite story, a very definite lesson that it wants to pass along. And the question is, do you want to hear that? And the other question is, do you just want to watch a good animated movie? Because that looks like what this is. You could be more like me, and when I go to a movie, even if it's something I believe in, even if it's about a cause or a political movement or something that I believe in, I still go and watch it as a movie. If you go see this, you are going to see a good animated film with a very stylized type of animation that you're used to if you're familiar with this animation studio. I think they've only done two other movies, but they were big movies. One of them was Song of the Sea. The other one, I don't know because I didn't look it up because I'm a lazy ass. Do you want to check this movie out? Why not? But here's my thoughts on it. I'm not going to put any effort into seeing this in the theater just because A, it's going to be hard to find and B, Justice League this week. You know it's big because normally I play coy about what the big movie is. Justice League. But the brighter one, it looks good. It looks like a movie that knows that it was never going to make a lot of money anyway, so why not release this week just because its audience 
probably won't cross over a whole lot with Justice League. How many times can I say Justice League in this episode? We will see. But for now, the breadwinner gets a 7 out of 11. With that, let's move on to the next movie on the list, which is called Almost Friends. Charlie is an unmotivated man in his 20s, and he falls for a young woman who has a serious relationship, but she somehow finds everything that others see as odd in Charlie as charming. This is their story. This stars Freddie Highmore from The Good Doctor, Odea Rush from Goosebumps, Christopher Maloney from Law & Order SVU, Mariska Hargitay from CSI, and Haley Joe Osment from The Sixth Sense. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Meh, the movie. This is a perfect example of a movie that doesn't look bad, but doesn't look good. It sits right there in the middle, because there were times in the trailer where I thought, okay, this looks really good, this looks entertaining and funny and charming, and other times where I was bored to death, all in a span of like two and a half minutes. It was an emotional roller coaster for me, and not in the good way, in the way that tells me that I cannot be sure about this movie one way or the other. The type of roller coaster that tells me that this movie has an equal chance of being absolute sh** as it does being really good. And when that comes up, especially with indie comedies or indie rom-coms, rom usually the truth is right in the middle, which brings us back to meh. If you've ever watched The Good Doctor, it's this new show on one of the big four network TVs with Freddie Highmore playing this autistic doctor who's a f***ing genius because he's, he's that kind of autistic guy, like with the Rain Man style autism. And his character in this is the same, but I don't think this character's on the spectrum. Charlie just suffers from the movie just trying to lay it on hard with the indie vibe. And please keep in mind that when I bitch about indie movies, I don't mean every indie movie. I mean the type of movie that forces the fact that it's indie on you, going, oh, look how indie we are. Look how stylized we are. We are trying to be this. Because there are a shit ton of fantastic indie movies out there that don't deserve to be lumped into the same category as the movies I bitch about. And for this one, I'm bitching that a, a lot of indie movies recently, especially this year, especially in the last four, four to six months, have had these characters that have had no emotions, who are socially awkward, who say f***ing weird things and don't seem to understand why people react the way they do, who don't understand human interaction. All of these basic signs that someone is on the spectrum, but without the character being on the spectrum. Because maybe acting like that is cool in an indie movie. If you're wondering what I'm talking about, go back and look at the trailer for Love Song. It was this movie from earlier this year with Jenna Maloney and Riley Keough, two fantastic actresses who in that movie, at least in the trailer, were boring as all sh**. They had two types of scenes. Scenes where they were boring and emotionless, and scenes where they were crying. That's it. Even when they're having fun and being wild, it just seemed fake and so forced. It's like, remember now, don't show too much emotion. We don't want people to think we're a genre movie, do we? This movie looks boring. It looks done before. It looks like it has potential. It could be cute. It could be funny. But the trailer makes it so... It's not worth it. It is not worth checking this out. Not at all. There are a couple scenes that look good, a couple scenes that look cute, but the rest of the trailer made this look like a skippable mess. Almost Friends is almost a watchable movie. Just almost. Almost Friends gets a 3 out of 11. All right, friends, we have two movies before the break, and let's just get into the next movie, which is a documentary called Big Sonia. 90-year-old Sonia Warshawski, a Holocaust survivor, runs a business that's being evicted. 
She now has to face retirement, and doing so, revisits the ghost of her past. You know what I find interesting is that there are a bunch of documentaries, a bunch of movies about people who survived and went through the Holocaust, and it doesn't feel old. It doesn't feel stale, just because even though it was a monstrous tragedy, a, a, an undescribable horror, each person had a different story. Even if they wound up at the same camp, they had a different story. Even if they both survived the same camp, they have different outlooks on things. And there, there was a movie a couple weeks ago about two brothers who were reuniting and they were split up during an internment camp. And there have been other movies about Holocaust survivors and they've all been different. And this one is very different because this one is about this old woman named Sonia Warshawski. I think I mispronounced it the first time, who uses her time to not only work, she works at her own shop, or at least worked until the mall that she had her shop in, one of the few surviving shops in this in this shopping mall, until she was forced to retire. So, but before then she worked, and then she would go and give speeches at schools and in prisons and trying to help people with her story, trying to motivate people. And what surprises me, what's really impressive is that a lot of people who went through things like this don't like talking about it. Like my grandfather went through the Japanese internment camps and he never liked talking about that much. He, I heard a few stories from him and my auntie Monica wrote a book about it. Monica Sone wrote a book called Nisei Daughter, which is really good. Everyone should read it. And that was crazy for her to do that because you don't, you didn't talk about the camps. And the same went for the, the death camps and the prison camps and all the, all those camps in Europe. You didn't talk about this. And even in this movie, Sonia admits that there were things she never told her family. So this unbelievable tragedy happens to her. She lives through it and she's using this experience to try and pass on knowledge and a lesson to new generations and to people who have made mistakes thus are incarcerated and trying to improve their lives. That's amazing. You, you know what I'm going to do when I'm her age? F*** all nothing. I'm going to sit on my old ass and play video games, read books, watch TV, watch movies, kiss my wife because I bet you my penis won't work at that time and just enjoy stuff while she's going out and still changing lives and i know i've repeated that a million times it just amazes me it's really impressive to me which makes me really want to watch this which makes me really want to recommend this that if you watch a documentary this year this could be one of them but it's just like i always say with documentaries if you are not interested enough in the topic you are not going to want to see this movie but as for me this interests me but then again I, I'm not even sure if this is going to come to my area because movies like this, a lot of the documentaries that I have said in the history of the show that I want to watch, I don't think any of them have come to my area. And I do live in an area where a lot of documentaries and indie films come to. There are a lot of hipsters in this area and hipsters watch these kind of movies. And there are also intellectuals as this is a college town and they watch those movies too. So you'd think that I would have easier access to things like this, but sometimes I don't, which means I'm going to put this on my list of movies to be watched. I think you should do it too, but let's face it. If you are not interested enough in this topic, you're just not going to watch it. And even if you tried to make yourself watch it, you will probably find it boring. And that's nothing against you at all. That's just what you are into. But as for me, I want to check this out. But will you? Big Sonia gets a 7.5 out of 11. And the final movie before the break is the last animated movie of the week and another Christmas movie to come out before Thanksgiving. This movie is called The Star, 
A small donkey must be brave as he and his friends become the unsung heroes at the first Christmas. This has the voices of Zachary Levi, Kristen Chenoweth, Keegan-Michael Key, Ving Rames, Stephen Yuen, Tyler Perry, Mariah Carey, Patricia Heaton, Chris Christopherson, Anthony Anderson, Oprah Winfrey, Gabriel Iglesias, Gina Rodriguez, and Christopher Plummer. Yeah, I know, I didn't say what they're from, but it, it doesn't matter as much when it comes to animated movies. You're just listening to a voice. You're not watching, actually watching anyone act. You're not going to be sitting there going, oh, what do I know this person from? I see this person right in front of me. No, you're not going to do that. But welcome to another meh movie. This just looks truly, truly mediocre. This just feels like an uninspired animated movie that they just had a basic plot and they just went through it anyway without really thinking too much about it and the result is this movie that looks cute for kids but skippable for adults and i really think that pixar and illumination and dreamworks has really made us spoiled when it comes to animated movies because how many of them have a wide audience a lot of them do adults love pixar movies Adults love Illumination and DreamWorks movies. Maybe not every Illumination and DreamWorks movie, but a lot of them. So when a movie comes out, especially an animated movie comes out that just seems eh, meh, I feel that I'm almost too hard on it just because I'm trying to hold it up to the standards of three better companies. And also forgetting that in the early days of cartoon movies, they were for children. It's only now that the children who grew up on these have grown up couple generations of them that we now think it's fully socially acceptable for adults to see them and it really is it even was back then but more so now because we all grew up on cartoons we still love cartoons and we've had some of the best animated movies of all time in recent history even the worst pixar movie is still really good comparatively to stuff like this hell we have coco coming out next week so this movie is just going to be forgotten for a number of reasons. A, this is a Christmas movie coming out before Thanksgiving when Christmas isn't on anyone's mind. The only reason it's on people's mind is because department stores and advertising is shoving it down our f***ing throats. I was at the Monterey Wharf the other day and they were already putting up their Christmas decorations. I'm like, really? Come on. Where's the f***? turkeys show me a goddamn pilgrim i haven't even had my thanksgiving dinner yet and you're putting up all this christmas shit. this movie was never going to do well it has an all-star cast but it just doesn't look that good and it also doesn't have the power of the three companies i've mentioned quite a few times already behind it this movie could have done a lot more money had it come out the week before christmas two weeks before christmas three weeks before christmas but it's sometime near christmas True, the argument can be made that they don't want to go up against Star Wars, but guess what? They have to go up against Justice League here, and there's been big movies every few weeks, or in some cases every week, since summer blockbuster season ended, so there was never really a great time to do it. So their biggest hope was that they could have put this movie out in December when people who wanted to see a Christmas movie in theaters could have seen it, and this was a family-friendly one, unlike Bad Mom's Christmas and Daddy's Home 2. Those aren't as family friendly as this one's gonna be. So it was a no brainer. Why did they choose now? I don't know. Someone fucked up. Someone fucked up royally or is just stupid or there's a lot more to the politics of when movies come out than I understand. 
Okay, honestly, it's probably that last option, but I I get passionate about these things, if you couldn't tell by that rant just now. My cat is nowhere near this room right now just because I of all the yelling I was doing. Like, I have never hit that cat, and I have rarely raised my voice at him, but any time I raise my voice, he's like, oh, f and he gets out of there. Today's the day, today's the day, Billiam snaps, oh, sh I'm gonna hide. But I allowed myself to go off on this rant because this is a boring-looking movie. It has a lot of really good people doing voices in it, but we're used to that. We are really used to that these days as far as animated movies go. Look at that stupid f***ing rock dog movie, okay? That movie had a lot of stars in it, not as much as this one, mind you, but it still had a lot of stars in it. A lot of stars doing animated movies is no big deal anymore. Voice acting is still hard work, don't even get me wrong. And the reason I said that is I wanted to preface this, is that they can make a good paycheck by just going into a studio and reading some lines. Yes, it's not that easy, but it's a whole lot easier than having this, you know, six, ten year long commitment to shooting a film. So it's no wonder that celebrities like big celebrities jump on these movies any chance I get, even though it doesn't look that great. But once again, I went off on a rant because this movie is mediocre at best and it should only really be watched if you want to take your kids out to a wholesome movie. This looks like it's it. I think there's a better movie this week for families. But this could be one, too, if they really want to see an animated movie. The Star gets a 4.5 out of 11. And with that, it is time for the final break. So as always, please stay tuned for more word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Uncorked Gamers. That's right, I realize I forgot to give them love recently. And even though I mentioned them in every episode in the closing, I haven't played their ad in a while. And what the hell, I'll play the Watch Your Mouth one at the end. So please listen to these wonderful words from our podcast friends. Stay tuned. Nerds in a Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds in a Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds in a Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds in a Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling do you like wrestling yeah then you should listen to our podcast do you not like wrestling you should still listen to our podcast someone to read a comms nerds in the squared circle subscribe to us on itunes or your favorite podcast app today nerds in the squared circle on someone nerdy.com i'm dan i'm jeff and we're the uncore gamers have you been looking for a video game podcasts where people don't get insider knowledge, where people don't have access to games early, and they're just everyday Joes like you? Is that the same podcast that I've been looking for where sometimes we don't even talk about video games? That's right. This is the Uncore Gamers, the gaming podcast where we talk about games when there's gaming news. If there's not, we don't try to half-fist game stuff into your throat. We'll talk about things like the 90s, parenting. And the 80s? And the 80s. <laughs> All right. So if you're looking for a video game podcast where people make bad decisions just like you do in your everyday life, check out the Uncore Gamers. We're remember, all just a bunch of scumbags. So remember, if it isn't about video games, we'll find a way to make it about video games. All right, we're back. I have a brand new beer. Firestone is continuing their Luponic Distortion series. This one is number seven. And I swear to God, it tastes a little bit like weed. You know, that's something I'm really excited about when I go and visit the other podcasts in Louisiana is seeing their microbreweries. But anyway, let's move on with the show. Let us move on to the next movie on the list. Is a movie that's coming to Netflix and theaters this week. And that movie is called Mudbound. 
Two men return home from World War II to work on a farm in rural Mississippi. One man finds that his heroism in the war means nothing to the racist white people in the area because of the color of his skin. The other man falls for a mistreated woman in a loveless marriage. But the problem is, it's his sister-in-law. This stars Jason Mitchell from Straight Outta Compton, Garrett Hedlund from Tron Legacy, Jason Clark from Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Jonathan Banks from Breaking Bad, musical artist Mary J. Blige, Carrie Mulligan from Drive, and Kelvin Harrison Jr. from It Comes at Night. So this movie is interesting because normally we see movies about the Old South where life was terrible for some people, especially if you're black. And then we have World War II movies, but we rarely see these movies cross over a lot, showing us that even though logically we should know it, these two things happened at the same time. We had a war going on in Europe, the war that was supposed to end all wars, but we still have people, even soldiers, even soldiers who risked their lives for the country, return home and aren't allowed to use the same facilities as white people. And also, maybe this is a good time for the movie to come out because it could get people talking, especially about if you notice this Veterans Day or this last Veterans Day, there was a story going around of a group of veterans who were deported. So these group of veterans were in Mexico, had been deported from the United States, even though they fought for this country and were still saluting the flag. So this movie will kind of show us that while a lot has changed, nothing has changed. And yes, I'm waxing poetic. A lot of shit has changed. We just have similar problems. But let's not get into politics here. Let's talk about the movie. This this looks like a really good movie and a really well done movie. That just further shows that no matter how unhappy we get with Netflix when they take things away from us like Scrubs or Futurama, they still produce good work. This will be their future. One day they're going to become a just another producer of original content and have less and less stuff that we can just stream old stuff we can stream that is and some other company will come up and go okay hey netflix does our own thing now we're going to be that new place where you can stream old stuff and why shouldn't netflix because it works for them of course why shouldn't they do both because that works for them too but netflix knows what's going on of course there's a lot of sh they do too. Netflix kind of has this, let's throw a bunch of stuff at the wall, see what sticks. And the ones that really make waves, the ones that people talk about are the ones that stick. Though sometimes I'll talk about what was really terrible, but a lot of the times we'll learn, hey, Netflix did this thing. It was really great. You should check it out. I think this is one of those movies. It has a amazing cast. I mean, you had me at Jason Mitchell and Garrett Hedlund, then throw Jason Clark into the mix. The trailer was really well done. It had this kind of Oh, Jesus, I don't want to say it, but I have to. This kind of old slave sounding song with this really good work beat to it. Like you can see a bunch of people working in the fields with this, like someone singing this song to help keep the beat. The song is actually called Back from the Fire by a artist named Gold Brother, who I've never heard of, but this person is on my radar now. But back to actually talking about the movie again. Jesus, I get sidetracked a lot. This is going to be a really dark movie. It's not only going to show the blatant racism of Mississippi and the South back then, but it's also going to show how especially the rural parts of these states back then looked like a third world country. I know we're getting out of a depression. I know they're poor areas to begin with, but it feels like another world at a completely different time. And while duh, it's a different time, it feels like an even farther away time, like barely out of Cowboys and Indians time. But we're going to have the story of these two soldiers who on the battlefield were equals, who fought side by side, who were brothers 
coming back to this country where they are no longer looked at as equals. One man is looked down upon because of the color of his skin, something he has no control over, and the other man is looked at as a hero, even though the other man did just as much heroic stuff, maybe even more, or maybe a little less, we don't know, but looked at a hero even though the other man did just as much. I mentioned types of movies that can piss me off, and this is one of them. Just seeing how violently ignorant people were back then. But I'm not going to let that distract me from what's going to be a good movie. And what also impresses me is that, at least according to the trailer, so by when I'm recording this, according to the trailer, it's going to be released on the same day. So what impresses me is that this movie is released both on Netflix and theaters at the same time. Other movies, other really big movies from Netflix, they've it's hit the theater first and then like a month later, then it's hit Netflix. I'm pretty sure the Meyerowitz stories are going to be theater first and then Netflix. Well, Sandy Wexler, of course, was Netflix only for obvious reasons on that one. But this movie looks good. And the fact that it's so readily available on a streaming service has a lot to do with why it's being so highly recommended by me. It's because you can just watch this. On Friday, theoretically, you can just sit down and watch this if you have Netflix or you're borrowing, sarcastic air quotes, someone else's account. There's just something more impressive about that. Like, hey, this brand new movie dropped. It's in theaters and I can watch it online. I'm going to try and watch it and do a review. I'm also going to try and finish my Thor review, which, oh God, I saw, I wanted to see the movie twice. I wanted to see Thor twice before I wrote the review, ended up doing it, and then I got lost in my NaNoWriMo writing and doing the show and excuses, excuses, excuses. But I got distracted again. Back to Mudbound. What else can I say? It looks good. It looks like it's well acted, well written, and it looks moving and real. Like what what else do you want in a free movie? Check this movie out. It's going to be good. Mudbound gets an 8 out of 11. All right, we have one more movie before I get to Justice League. And I, I did like quite a few movies this week. Mudbound looks really good, but it doesn't look good enough to overpower the awesomeness that Justice League looks like. And this next movie looks really good too. But again, Justice League, Justice League. All right, okay, let's just get through this next movie, which still looks good, but I may fly through it just because I want to talk about the next movie. But here we go. The next movie this week, and the final one before the pick, is called Wonder. August Pullman is a boy with a facial deformity. For the first time ever, he goes to a public school, his first time in the public eye. This stars Jacob Tremblay from The Book of Henry, Owen Wilson from Wedding Crashers, and Julia Roberts from Pretty Woman. Also stars Mandy Patinkin from The Princess Bride and David Diggs from The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Anne just finished this book and she said it was really good and I, and I want to read it. I, I trust her when it comes to books. Though generally our taste in books really differ, we know each other enough that she can recommend books to me that are outside of my general science fiction fantasy and I can recommend science fiction fantasy to her. But the reason I bring that up is because books to movies are always very iffy and are have historically been done terribly and just as many times been done really well but we're more likely to remember the terrible times and also this this is a story we've been told before not not exactly this one but about some child that's different finding friends overcoming adversity and winning the day robin williams did that movie it was called jack but this trailer shows me something different it shows me that they did something they they something the way they presented it something in the way they made the movie makes this look like a really good and not boring and rehashed movie this could have very easily 
been contrived very easily. Because let's be honest, sometimes it's really hard to get the nuances of books across on the screen. You could put the best actor in the world in a book to turn movie, but if everything else doesn't fall into line, the actor can't do their job properly. This one looks like everything came together. This movie was written and directed by Stephen Chbosky and is based off a book by Stephen Chbosky. If you don't know, he is the Perks of Being a Wallflower guy, a book I actually really liked. And if this movie is anything like Perks of Being a Wallflower book, then what we're going to see is a story that really blossoms. So here's a true story. I'm going to tell you a true story. This is one of Anne's favorite books, or Perks of Being a Wallflower is, and she wanted me to read it. But you you know, if you like books, you know the fear of giving someone your favorite book and, and the fear of hearing anything bad about it. Because books are special. That's why I don't recommend my favorite book to just anyone. But she trusted me. She gave it to me. And I have to admit, for the first part, the main character pissed me off because I thought they were just some stupid wuss. But then the story started to unfold and I realized there's a lot more to the character. Like a lot more. I dug deeper and I was really impressed just because the author went so much deeper than just the surface. And I really hope that Stephen Chabowski, or I forgot what his name is, is right in front of me. So let's say Stephen Ch. I really hope he can do the same thing here in this movie. And hopefully we will see this young kid blossom. Who's going to be this really scared kid? He looks different. He looks like a young Rocky from Mask. He looks like a burn victim. And he is going to go to public school. I got picked on terribly in public school because I'm Asian and fat. That kid is going to get some special kind of f***ed up treatment from people. But what the movie is about is him going to overcome this. He's going to rise up above it. He's going to find people. He's going to find his special friends who realize that he's more than his looks. And he's going to show everyone that you can overcome your situation. And that, yes, true, it's something as overused as beauty is on the inside, but still an important lesson to learn. So we have a movie, and I'm guessing the book too, that's going to teach us these tired old lessons, but still important ones. And it's going to present it to us in a different way, using a different story. And I think this is a movie worth seeing. I really do. Either read the book or watch the movie or both to watch just a positive, uplifting movie that's still going to make you cry, that's still going to hit you right in the feels. And it looks like one of Julia Roberts' best performances in a while. So yeah, I think Wonder's going to be a great movie. It's going to be a familiar movie, but it's not going to be so familiar that it gets boring and stale. It's going to be a movie that's worth a watch, but maybe not in theaters. This could be it though. This could be the movie you see in theaters if for some weird f***ing reason you don't want to see Justice League. Maybe you hate fun and idolize the Grinch. If that is you, then you'll want to skip Justice League. But this week in particular, it's really important to note the fact, or the difference that is, between movies that need to be seen in theaters, movies with amazing, or at least fancy CG, things that are going to benefit them from the big screen, and movies that are still good and worth a watch, but you don't have to see it on the big screen, and Wonder is that movie. I'm going to watch this movie. I am. I'm just not going to do it in theaters. If Anne was still here, in America that is, she's still alive, if she was still here, I'd watch this movie with her because she would want to see it. But I'm going to skip this and watch it at home because I have a more important movie to watch this week. I had a more important movie to watch last week. I have a more important movie to watch next week. But this still looks really good. Wonder gets an 8 out of 11. And finally, Justice League. It's time for Justice League. Let's get on with this. The world is going to sh- after Superman's death and Batman wants to help protect it all, he enlists the help of four other heroes and together they must fight a new enemy more powerful than they fought before. 
You knew the story. Why did I say that? You know it. You know what this is about. But let's talk about the movie. This stars Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, Amy Adams, Henry Cavill, Diane Lane, Jeremy Irons, Robin Wright, Connie Nelson, and Jesse Eisenberg from previous DC movies. And here are the newcomers. Obviously, Jason Momoa from Game of Thrones or my favorite, Stargate Atlantis. Ezra Miller from The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Connection with the last movie? I think so. Amber Heard from Zombieland. Kiersey Clemens from Dope. Billy Crudup from Watchmen. J.K. Simmons from Spider-Man. And Siren, I think? Siren Hines from There Will Be Blood. And I just want to talk about an article I read. Uh, an article from The Wrap about people angry because of the changes in the designs for the Amazonian armor. They're basically leather bikinis now. So if you remember in Wonder Woman, they, it was a full-on full on armor. Leather armor, but full-on armor covered everything now it's like oh we don't need protection for our fleshy midsections let's show off our bellies let's just cover our titties and the baby maker so yeah this is a bad choice i don't like this choice i think that it is a stupid choice because amazonians are warriors why the f would they wear like that why would they leave their entire midsections unguarded superhuman or not why would they do that but the people on the internet went full retard they're going, oh, this is rape culture. Men ruin everything. Shut the f*** up. It was a chauvinist choice. Sure. It was a stupid choice. Yes. Was the costume designed by a man who wanted to see more skin on the women? God, yes. Obviously. Whereas the designs for the costumes from Wonder Woman was done by a woman who was like, oh, how can we actually do this so it makes sense? The guy takes over. Let's see some skin. Yes, it's a stupid choice. But quit reading so much into it. And besides, maybe we will see the full armor in the movie, and the ones we saw in the trailer are just their summer collection. But I, instead of talking about the movie and why you should see it, you, you know. You know already. It looks badass. It looks amazing. Instead, I'm going to talk about some of my theories and where I think it's going to go. So I don't need spoiler warnings for this because there's no proof I'm right. So here's something I think that's going to happen. We're going to see Superman again, obviously in flashbacks, which has been shown in the latest trailer, or the final trailer, that is. And I think we're going to see him at the end, or at least hinted to at the end. Because if you remember, in the trailer, the scene where they're in London and you see the Superman sign, it's black and silver, or black and white, or, no, black and silver. Yeah, it's black and silver, which is the color of the Superman uniform or costume when he comes back from the dead. Also, we're obviously going to see flashbacks to when Steppenwolf and Darkseid tried to come the last time. Because we know for a fact that the red-haired motherfucker from Game of Thrones, like the big-ass, beefy wilding or whatever those people are called, we know he's in the movie playing an ancient Atlantean king. And we also have seen in the trailer scenes of huge battles between Darkseid, or in this case, Steppenwolf's people, and some other group, which is probably going to be the Amazonians and the Atlanteans fighting side by side. What else do we know? We know that, of course, there was a rumor. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's been confirmed, though. And at this point, I'm, it's late and I'm lazy. <laughs> but I heard that all of Jesse Eisenberg's scenes were cut, which is a weird choice because he's really good. He, I mean, he's not the Lex Luthor that we know from the original Superman movies, not the Lex Luthor we know from the cartoons or from Smallville, but he's still, I think he was a really good Lex Luthor. I liked him a lot, but apparently we're not going to see him, which is a shame. And there's also the question about who else we're going to see. Because if you remember in the Comic-Con trailer, there's that scene where Jeremy Irons playing Alfred Pennyworth is in the Batcave or something. He's working on something and then he looks up and goes, oh, he told me he would come. And there's some speculation that Steppenwolf coming for one of those box things. 
some people going, oh, you can see the red cape, Superman's red cape in the corner of the shot. Oh, yeah. Other people going, no, it's Green Lantern, because if you look in the reflection on Alfred's glasses, there's green in it. But here's what I think. I think it's Martian Manhunter. Here's why. Because people pointing out the red cape and the green glow. Who has those? F***ing Martian Manhunter. Am I reading way too much into this because I want it to be true? Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. Because that would be way too cool. And while I do think this is going to be a good movie, I think a lot of us are so hyped about it just because it had both Zack Schneider and Joss Whedon working on it that we're hoping for too much. So what I think we're going to have is a really good movie, maybe on par with or a little less cool than Wonder Woman, but still really badass. But we're not going to get all the stuff we think we're going to. So all these YouTube accounts, all these YouTubers and super nerds who have been pulling apart the trailers for anything they can get, I think they're reading too much into it because they want it to be true. But what do I honestly think? I think this movie is really just going to focus around Batman, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, Flash, and Aquaman. Ugh, God, I almost forgot Aquaman. And Aquaman. And then at the end, we will get hints at either Superman or Green Lantern or straight up see them, but either at the end or in the stinger to lead up to the next movie, where it should be Darkseid. Either way, I am really excited for this movie. I love DC way more than I love Marvel. But don't get me wrong, I still love Marvel. But DC is my jam. And that's why it makes me so sad that it took us so long to get a truly great DC movie in Wonder Woman. We ha we've had good ones. I mean, I liked Man of Steel. I really did. I thought it was a really good movie that could have been better. Suicide Squad, it was a lot of fun. That could have been a lot better. Batman v Superman Don Justice, really cool, could have been done better. But those movies, even though they could have been better, were still good. Wonder Woman was great. And I think Justice League is going to continue that trend, and I think we're going to see a new trend in DC. I think they've learned their lesson. I think they're going to stop letting the wrong people micromanage the film. And I think they're going to let the people who know the material the most, the people who love these characters, have more control. This is obviously the movie to watch this week. I think we all should see it in theaters. Opening night, maybe not. If you're like some of the somewhat nerdy and watch your mouth people, you don't like crowded theaters. You don't like to go opening night. But whether you go opening night or whether you go the last possible night, see this movie in theaters. If you want to keep your if you want to keep your expectations in check, expect Suicide Squad, a movie that wasn't great but was a lot of fun. That movie that you could pick apart to death, but a movie that was still enjoyable. But if you're like me, plan for more. Plan for a really good movie that had the vision of Zack Snyder and then cleaned up by Joss Whedon. Justice League gets an 11 out of 11. And folks, that is it for the movies. That is it for the movies. Let us jump into the question of the week and then I will have you on your way. All right, if you remember last week, the question was, what is your favorite remake? And we had some answers. Let's start with Twitter. Brian Q responded. He responded to actually a few questions from previous episodes, too. He answered the question about your favorite Coen Brothers movie. He said, Raising Arizona, favorite Coen Brothers movie. And I am actually ashamed to say that I completely forgot about that one when I was going over the list of great Coen Brothers movies. He also, too, responded to my question about what, what does Lady Bird, the movie Lady Bird, and the movie about LBJ have in common. He says, Lady Bird was the name of the dog on King of the Hill. You, you went deeper than me on the references there. Good good job. Um, a reference to Lady Bird Johnson. Yes, indeed. You are correct. And then he responds to this week's question. He says, not my favorite, but Ocean's Eleven was better than the original. And I agree. I mean, the original... You can't go wrong. It was a Rat Pack movie, but you watch that because you love the Rat Pack. You, you watch it because you love their style. 
the new Ocean's Eleven, the new one, you know, the George Clooney and Matt Damon one, you watch because it's good. It's really good. Or at least really enjoyable, if not good. Who doesn't love a good heist movie? But then he answers again, Werner Herzog's remake of Nosferatu is better than the original and is my favorite remake. So you thought of it. Good job. And once again, Brian Q is now famous, at least in my eyes, for reminding me of movies. I didn't even have Nosferatu pop into mind. It really should have. That is it for the Twitter answers. Let's turn to Instagram where we got Vegan Dan from the Uncourt Gamers responding. He said first, and he answers the Coen brothers, first, favorite Coen film, Raising Arizona. Oh yeah, Vegan Dan, Brian Q, you got that in common. Least favorite, Big Lebowski. There, I said it. So now other people can feel comfortable admitting that's not that great. He also called me out and said, also, I forgot to mention my least favorite. Okay, I'm going to pause a bit just to say that I like The Big Lebowski. I, I, I like it as a movie, but I think it is highly overrated. It's a great movie as a cult classic. It's fun to watch. It's enjoyable. But the pedestal people put it on, I think it's way too high. Then he answers a Marvel character one. He says, I would like to see Mysterio, damn it. Stop using Venom and Greek Goblin and flex some movie magic and give me a damn Mysterio Spider-Man movie. Really good choice. I remember back in the original Spider-Man trilogy, well, the original, there's been a few, there's been a few Spider-Man movies, but the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, that there was a rumor for a while that Mysterio was going to be one of the characters. But if I remember right, they didn't do it because it would cost too much. But now's the time. Spider-Man is bigger than ever. Spider-Man Homecoming breathed new life into the series that even though the Amazing Spider-Man 2 movies were really good, I liked them. This movie really lit a spark under people stoked for Spider-Man now. And I think that's it for the answers. I, I think, because I checked Facebook and I checked the website and I checked SoundCloud. Didn't see anything there. So, uh, you know, as always, if I miss your answer, like I've done to Critter, I think twice now I've done to Critter. Let me know. Go, hey, forgot my answer. What's up? Is this personal? Do you want to fight about it? I don't. I don't want to fight about it. I haven't been in a fight since middle school. So, so please, I'm, I'm squishy and soft and jolly. But anyway, if I miss your answer, let me know. But it's time for my answer. And there are a couple honorable mentions. Um, technically, the movie Four Brothers was a remake. It was a loose remake of a movie with John Wayne called The Sons of Katie Elder or Kelsey Elder or something like that. Also, I thought the Fright Night remake was really good. Gone in 60 Seconds is worth a mention. And of course, the uh, Ocean's Eleven movie. But my favorite, the one I watch more than any of the others is The Italian Job. I have to say, it's still one of my favorite heist movies, one of my favorite Mark Wahlberg movies, and it's just a very entertaining movie, kind of like a precursor to The Fast and the Furious. Because there's a big focus on cars in, in The Italian Job, and it's about a huge heist, I think it kind of led the way. So it's time for a new question, and I'm going to kind of cheat again, just a little bit, and I'm going to reword a question I reworded. So here we go. And you'll, you'll understand what I mean. Who would your dream addition to the Justice League movie be? Who else from the DC Universe could they put into that movie to make you sh bricks and have a huge fanboy or fangirl moment? Who could that be? I'm just going to add something to the question. If you don't know DC well enough, you put do a Marvel character. Do another comic book character. But if you know DC well enough, who would you want to see in this movie? That would make your jaw hit the floor. Well, my future friends, that is it for the show. 
as always, really, thank you for tuning in. I, I wouldn't do this if no one listened. Wait, let's see. Is that right? That's a double negative. So that means I would do it if people listened. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't do this if nobody listened. And thank you. Honestly, thank you. Everyone at Somewhat Nerdy, Watch Your Mouth, Uncork Gamers, Fratmat, Brian Q, thank you all. And everyone who doesn't reply, thank you too, just for listening. But let's get into the housekeeping. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast listening app, except Pocket Cast for some reason. We don't work there. Snarf Chris is talking to them or trying to talk to them about it. We'll try and get that fixed. But if any other podcast app doesn't work, let us know and we'll try and get it taken care of. So as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. Yeah, that's right. SomewhatNerdy.com. That's where the other place you can listen to me. I'd really appreciate if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. Please give me five stars. Just all the stars possible. If there's a way, if, if you go to rate me and 10 stars are available, give me all 10 stars. Just, I'd love that. Tell me what I'm doing right too. Leave a comment. Tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what I need to improve on and answer the question of the week. Tell me if I missed anything as far as the news or the trailers goes, or if I missed your answer to a question. And how do you reach me? You can leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website, the Facebook page, or SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at BilliamSWN. Email BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle podcast also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network and the Friends of the Show, the Watch Your Mouth Podcast and the Uncore Gamers. Don't forget to check out Big D Movie Hunter on YouTube. And don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy site for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy, signing off. I'll see you in the future. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, the f*** did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that, a jelly bean. So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at wimpodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth.